Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pete. I'm the other of your hosts, Bob. <laughs> Yo, that's the second time I do that. It's like this weird tick where I don't know how, <laughs> like, grammatically, what is the correct way to say that? I'm your host, Pete, but then you're also yeah. the host. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. W- at what point are you a co-host or am I yeah. a co-host? Oh, I right, right, right. I don't understand the difference. Oh, there's a there's a really good podcast I listen to where they, the host does it really well. He's like... uh you know, welcome to this, and I'm your host, Sharp, and join. And I think he basically dubs himself the host, but then also introduces, and you know, my our the other host or something. I'll find it, clip it, and send it to you. Yeah, because it's good. It's it's good. Shout out to uh, Greatest of All Talk, a uh, uh, subscription based basketball podcast I listen to. Ah, it's really nice. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Nice. Um. Pete, we're lit and loose. Ah, oh, feels good. <laughs> we're loose. We're going to go into the mailbag today. We're loose. It's late. We're going to the mailbag, going into the socials, um, which is where everybody should be following us at TraxPod on Twitter and Instagram. We're fun. It's a fun follow. We do different stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, email us, which we've got a few in here to talk about at TraxPod at gmail.com. Please do. Um, Yo, let's uh, let's cry. Pete. Before we do, you were just we were talking off air, so let's see if you if you can go. You said we might have grown up in the darkest time in in music. In music, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I talked to my wife about a lot because there was the late '90s was full of bad music. Um, of yep. course, there was a lot of good music too, but. Um, I don't know. I see, you know, you look at the seventies, you look at the eighties, you look at, I even look at today. I feel like there's a lot of good music going on and there's like a different energy to it that kind of wasn't there in the late nineties. Um, it's hard to put a finger on it, but I just, the overwhelming abundance of bad music in the late nineties feels kind of unique in history. And yeah. I, th- I think what triggered it was watching that Woodstock 99 documentary. Okay. Okay. Which honestly, I didn't even know anything about. I don't think that I knew that was happening when it happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Good for you. So you were so deep in the subculture. You didn't, you weren't aware. Yeah. I really was not paying any attention to what was happening okay. in popular culture because I was so disinterested. Yeah. I, I was <clears throat> aware mostly because I'd wanted to go to Woodstock 94 was just too young so i was always kind of mad and then 99 happened and i had no interest um, yeah see 94 i remember too i mean i was actually glued to my television because i remember <laughs> mtv watching, right M- mtv was playing some of the sets yep they sure were it was yeah. cool um yo know, i think um i think you're not wrong the late 90s so so again don't get us wrong there was some good stuff for sure, but it was almost, uh, we were drinking water out of cactus folks. You know what I mean? Like the cacti were su- su- supplying us with our hydration. And like, <laughs> yeah, if you walk through a desert, there's a lot of cactus so you can bust them, but it's not easy. Go, yeah. go, go to the river. Where, where was the river? The river was in the seventies and the eighties. <clears throat> Might've been a goddamn freshwater lake in the eighties. 
And you know, and today I feel like you're at least on a couple estuaries. You could get some drinking water. We were cutting into, um, and we say that, but I have a feeling there's somebody out there who really likes new metal, um, and maybe like okay. So if you like, if you were to go, nah, man, I love the late '90s. What does that mean? It means you either you have to be a you're a big fan of new metal. Yeah. You are a sucker for straight up commercial uh crack rock pop like like NSync, Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, Britney Spears. Sounds um, right. Right? And like by the way, the weird the weird pseudo love that I have for like the soft grunge post alt like post grunge shit like gin blossoms or counting crows yo that shit was done by the mid late like by the mid 90s it was fully supplanted by butt rock like yeah late 90s you're getting into like just like the chuddiest bad music yeah um decent hip hop but i i am more aligned with early 90s on that side of things early yeah. to mid I mean all that I can think that was going on that was good uh, like and I you know I don't go super super deep on this but like all of the Wu-Tang dudes were doing solo records at that time of varying quality and some of them were really good yeah no that's right that's right um, there were a couple good ones uh when did that one Nas record come out? Was that Ghostface is like pretty consistent through that time period? I think Ghostface was pretty good. I really I've referenced I like Bobby Digital. Um, just a couple others. No, all right. So, anyways, <clears throat> you're not wrong, Pete. Everybody, enjoy what you got. If you <laughs> think the late '90s rocked musically? Tell us. Give us your 10 favorite late 90s records. Yeah. Because I think we could do a whole episode based on this, just kind of like spiral out of this topic. Um, you I'll know, put genre, it on the socials too. Yeah. Genre obviously doesn't matter. Just whatever. Give us 10 like certified great late 90s records. And we will uh, we'll review and discuss at a f- later date. How about that? Um, Pete, we've gotten a lot of feedback on this last group of episodes. Yeah. We got some questions. We got some emails. We got a lot of comments. Yo, call, call me Gilligan. Cause you're the skipper. Lead us through. Um, so let's jump into some of the Instagram questions that we got. I've been, if you follow us on social, I hope you've noticed that I've been just asking, you know, AMAs essentially, mm-hmm. um, just because sometimes we got to break it up. We can't talk music or we can't go deep on records all the time. I feel like we need to, have episodes like this, give you guys a break, give ourselves a little break, you know? Yeah, I've gotten um, really positive feedback from people about us doing this kind of stuff, which is cool. Cool, yeah. Um, and it just, it, it gets, you know, everybody more engaged. You get to ask us those questions that you're obviously dying to ask us, so it's exciting for everybody. Question one from E.V. Rowe on okay. Instagram. And he says, how important is lyrical content to you versus the music itself? Bob, do you want to start? 
Ooh, great question. Um, <clears throat> man, Pete, I think about this sometimes. There was a time in my life. There are places we remember. Um, there was a time in my life where I would pour over the lyrics. And there was probably music that I thought was subpar, where the the lyrical content was either so meaningful or so clever or well put together that it really carried it for me. And now I'm at a stage in my life where there's sometimes music I really like and I don't know many of the words at all. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, um, sometimes I've described it to people as mouth sounds. Like, oh, those mouth sounds work pretty good. And some of that is clarity. Some of that is time you spend with something. I think you really, to lyrically catch stuff and <clears throat> and have and hang on it, you need to be sitting with that at least a few times. Um, and so that means the record probably is catching me or whatever I'm listening to is catching me with the music first. And then I'm sticking around and the lyrics are either adding to or they're a net neutral how about you sure no i have a similar answer um when i was younger lyrics i think came first if i found something in the lyrics that really hit me i would overlook you know it could be a b minus c plus song yeah and i would love it as if it was an a plus song because of the lyrical content and i really just like you was pouring over lyric sheets. Like I would actually just sit there and read lyrics while I was listening to the record, while I wasn't listening to the record, whatever. Um, it was really important to me. And if there were questionable things, I might not even, I might like a band less because of the lyrics, frankly. Um, whereas at this point I will, if something strikes me while I'm listening to the record <clears throat> where I say to myself, like, Hey, it sounds like, there are some interesting lyrics here. I might go in and actually do the work. Right. But it really has to hit me for, for me to do that. Yeah. So music comes first. And frankly, a lot of the time when bands do have interesting sounding lyrics, they might not include those on the, in the record or I'm listening to it streaming and I just don't have them in front of me. I guess I could just look them up, but you know how it is. Yo, sometimes looking them up. That's the other thing is that um, vocal clarity matters, and you know maybe it's maybe it's my ears getting older, but it's hard to pick up whatever everybody's saying. Even some of the harshest sounding records, if I have a lyric sheet, I can put it together, and all of a sudden I'm hearing it. You know, if you don't have the lyrics in front of you, it's hard. And I don't say this in a crappy way, but it might be. uh, analog digital victim where if I'm listening to something on Bandcamp, it almost feels weird to be reading along to the lyrics as I'm listening versus if I actually am playing a record and I'm looking at a lyric sheet or I'm looking at the insert or whatever it is, no matter what the music is. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of reasons for that. For sure. I mean, I'm thinking about it now like you know, hardcore reference, but like when Converge Jane Doe came out, Hmm. I really, really wanted a lyric sheet and it was not in the CD. Um, 
I mean, the lyrics were there, but they were like buried behind all the artwork. They were like intentionally illegible. Um, Hmm. And now if a new Converge record comes out, I'm going to listen to it. I'm probably not even going to the lyric sheet, frankly. Right. Yeah. And it's it's not, it's not for lack of quality. It's just for whatever reason, I'm not, that's not what I'm primarily interested in. Right. It's just not where you go for it. Yeah. Interesting. Good question. So it's for both of us. It's the music. Music is the leader. Lyrics uh, help support it later on. Yeah. Um, Next question, Bob, you want to take this one? Yes. uh, From IMDA KM3, IMDA KM3. Favorite pizza toppings. Okay. Um, All right. Let's see. Uh, Toppings full on. Let's see. I like... Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm thinking too hard about pizza toppings to make me sleepy. Um, pepperoni, sausage, um, peppers. Um, All at once or are these individual favorites? So, so individual. Uh, well, I like... I don't... I mean, you know, I guess I would eat a meat lover's slice, but I'm usually... If I'm getting pepperoni, I'm probably getting a pepperoni slice. Um, if I'm just getting one slice at a pizza place I haven't been, been, I almost always have to get a plain slice to try it. It's like a baseline kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I figured saying cheese is my favorite topping would seem like an asshole move. Um, so pepperoni, sausage, sausage and peppers I like. Chicken, bacon, ranch is my like kind of left field one. I really like honey. Uh, on pizza, um, honey uh, soprasada. Um, I like ricotta on pizza. You get a good white slice with with some, you know, regular mozz and ricotta. That's a good good time. Fancy. I know. I'm trying to like um, my significant other really uh, loves pizza now, um, but really what she likes are like flatbreads because she's like she doesn't like. <laughs> pizza with red sauce she doesn't like sauce on her pizza she likes white slice white pie slices and then she'll like every weird thing like oh yeah that like sliced uh potato and arugula pie and it's like it looks like a salad on bread you know (laughs) um so so i'm trying not to hassle her um yeah i mean the basics i'm all in for not huge on mushrooms um, you know, I can do with or without onions. It's cool in, in, as long as you're not too heavy with it. What about you? Um, I'm like you, I, I always go for the plane, but, um, yep. uh, that's a, such a boring answer. So I, I really like recently I've been seeing a lot of chicken parm slices out there. Ooh. I like those. A good chicken parm slice. Awesome. But you can have a real letdown with a chicken parm slice too. Well, you kind of got to just scope the scene when you walk in, right? I mean, if it's been on the counter for a while, you can tell. Yes, 100%. Um, but it's a fr- if it's a freshie, it, it usually looks pretty good. Yes. Um, I went totally off the deep end the other week and got a cheesesteak slice. Oh, yo, can can be a hit. It was a hit, dude. Good. Okay. All right. All I right. was in. Um, 
veggie slices typically i'm i'm all about it i don't love mushrooms but i don't mind them either yeah like i'm not picking mushrooms off but if i'm choosing i'm not gonna have them on there i know there's some people who love some mushrooms on the slice the only thing i'll say like a hard stop for me is i don't like (laughs) olives on pizza oh i really like olives actually do you see so for me olives are a full overpower flavor Got it. And yeah. Typically, when they when people use olives, they it's like the dominant flavor. So no thanks on that. Um, when I was a kid, my dad would always get uh, pizza with um, tomato slices and garlic. Oh, okay. And so, you know, obviously, just because I was like raised on it, I I will get that from time to time. I like that. Oh, that, um, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that. I bet that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um. It's like a weird thing I've never seen anyone else do on the planet, but it works. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm, I'm curious um, now. And then there's actually a spot down the street from me that puts banana peppers on their veggie slices. Oh, okay, yeah. Which are awesome. I'm all about it. You can tell we're from New Jersey because this conversation, like, I'm like, we're just scratching the surface here. Um, but we won't, we'll pull it short. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? I'm with it. Me too. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't want to like it. I didn't think I'd like it, but it works. Um, last one. How do you feel about artichoke on pizza? I got one after this. Um, okay, good. Artichoke works. Artichoke works. It's good. I like. I mean, I like artichoke in general. Me too. Most of it's the really time. Good. So, all right, give me yours. What about pickles? Whoa. Okay. Um, I don't, I haven't done it, but I could, I could rock with it. Okay. Place down the street for me, pickle pie. You got to try it next time. You're next time you're up this way. We're going to try it. I mean, I think I, we just got to do lunch like in the next week or so. Cause I need let's to do, do it. That. All right, let's do that. Um, I'll close this question off. Great question. Thank you. Um, yo, I, uh, I was at Costco picking up my, my stuff as you do. And uh, I watched a guy as I'm leaving. I'm watching the the you know the little hot dog stand. They got that terrible, the worst pizza. Um, but I mean, you know, like I'm not gonna. If I was in Ohio, I might be like, yeah, Costco pizza, not too bad. Um, sorry, Larry. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I saw a guy get a slice of Costco pizza and walk over to the ketchup dispenser and just slab that ketchup on top oh man i was i i lost my appetite i was so sad (laughs) uh, don't don't do that yeah please don't all right um here i'll do this one uh barnhoff underscore cornflakes asks (laughs) do you got the same the shorter the better philosophy when it comes to movies uh fantastic question uh, Pete, I want your answer first. Yeah, great question. Um, I don't think I do. Um, I I do. I get frustrated. I watch a lot of movies too, actually. And I, yeah. I do get frustrated, especially with current movies, because I feel like they tend to go very long. And I don't yeah. think there's a reason. I don't think they have to. I mean, like, if you're into Marvel movies, like, all of those movies are three hours long. Why are they that long? I just watched the most recent Bond movie. Why is that movie three hours long? It doesn't have to be three hours long. It could be two hours long. It could be an hour and a half long. Three hours just feels like, it feels like when I was 
growing up, like a three hour movie was like a thing, you know, you got like those double VHSs. Oh yeah. That was like, wow, why is this movie this long? Um, and sometimes there was a reason for it. Like is Godfather two, three hours long? Yeah, I think it is. It's just about right. Yeah. Cause it's almost, it's not too full like <clears throat> movies apart. Like there's just, but there's two distinct narrative tracks running yeah. through and they, go back and forth you know and there's definitely like an intermission i think so yeah i mean sometimes there's a reason for it i mean but uh and i'm not saying that like i guess the equivalent for music is like typically we lean towards like 30 to 40 minute records yeah yeah, yeah. being like the perfect length i don't necessarily think that an hour and a half is a perfect length for a movie because there are you know if if they're kind of larger dramas or like war movies or godfather things that like have a big story to tell it's 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 okay to go over two hours um so i don't i guess i don't really have the shorter the better thing with movies overall just sometimes i do but that's really how i feel about records too like i can probably find i can definitely find double lps like records that are close to an hour if not over an hour that I think are borderline perfect records. We yeah. just haven't talked about them. No. Um, Which would be a good exercise. I'm going to find some. Yeah. I, no. Uh, to answer the question, I'm the absolute opposite. I love long ass movies as long as they're good. Um, it's There's some of the same philosophies in there, but like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down with the, the extended cut of those goddamn Lord of the Rings movies and like just veg on it. I love that shit. Um, oh, dude, I've watched them numerous times and they don't even feel long to me. No, they're so good. Um, the only time it feels long is I used to, Pete, I used to, and I know you've done this too with some eBay selling. Um, when I was doing heavy eBay selling, I would make it so all the auctions ended, you know, whatever day. And then I basically go to pack them all up the day after or a couple days after whatever it was i would typically like make it like a ritual i put on queue up fellowship of the ring extended edition <laughs> and just pack all day so there was days where i'd wake up at like eight or nine in the morning have them on and be like oh it's after dinner now and i'm like halfway through return of the king like not even halfway yeah, it's, I think cumulatively the extent. If you watch the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy, all the way through all the extended cuts, it's close to twelve hours. Yeah, so it was always like a thing where I'm like, oh, it was like very much the morning, and now it's dark. Shit. <laughs> like okay, but no, uh, I'm all in on long movies. Um, they still have to be good. But you know, I, I'm maybe I'm a little more forgiving, but I'm not totally because there's movies I watch and I'm like, yo, you could have just cut this out. What are you doing? And I, I think that's a natural inclination too. Whereas with records, maybe, maybe that's less the feeling, or maybe we just I, we just feel more special pointing it out, or maybe I have less of an attention span for long records. I don't know. Yeah, it could be any number of things. I mean, part of it now that I'm thinking about it. With movies, I love going to the movies, like going to the theater. Oh, yes. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do with people or alone. I don't care. Same. Alone is maybe better sometimes, but... Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
watching a three hour movie in the theater is just hard to do now. There's no time for it. So maybe I'm just angry at the situation. Um, I hope, <laughs> I hope, Pete, that your life finds a space. I had this. Oh, man. I'm like looking at the window wistfully right now. I had this <laughs> brief time frame in my life where I had an adult job, but I had off random weekdays sometimes. And I'd go to the movies at like 11 a.m. by myself on a weekday to see whatever the fuck movie. Oh, that's beautiful. Like literal pure bliss. I feel like I should have been wearing a bathrobe and like <laughs> getting a foot massage while the movie was happening because I was in such like sheer joy. Like uh, went and saw a movie with with my son the other day. Um, it'd been a it'd been a while. We've gone to a movie this year, but it'd been a while. So we went to another. And just eating that buttery popcorn and sitting in the seat. It's just oh, it's so great. I love it. Love the movies. I had a good thing going. Um, my birthday is in December. It's a week before Christmas. So there's always a lot of movies coming out at that point. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I was living in New York, I got into this habit where every year I'd take work off on my birthday and I would go to the earliest movie that day. Because it was, there was always something coming out. It was like the new Star Wars, I think, came out on two different birthdays. Um, so I just was like the first one in the theater, just like basically like coffee in hand, walking into a movie. The best. It was amazing. It was great. So maybe I'll try to continue doing that this year. Yo, man, honestly, I, this is uh, from from our mouths to your ears. As an adult, go to the movies by yourself in the morning on a weekday and truly live life. <laughs> All right. Next question. Next question. Um, dolphin farts. Good old dolphin farts. Sends this question. He says, some Shout of my out. favorite albums are the ones I hated upon first listen. How about you guys? Oh, interesting. Albums I hated upon first listen is tough. That's strong. Yeah hated um <laughs> okay no that's uh th- there is a record we are doing very soon that when i first heard it i did not like it at all and was confused and yeah it's one of my favorite albums so yeah there's a few there's not many but there's a few i um you know this this kind of leads me to something I'll, I'll get to but pete i want your answer on this yeah I mean, yeah, hated is hard for me to think about. Um, I've heard a lot of things at different points in my life that just didn't hit. Um, but I, f- I feel like I've always been good about kind of acknowledging like, hey, this isn't hitting now, but maybe come back to it in like five years or three years and just check it out again. Um, because typically it'll be bands that you know were highly influential and there's a reason that a lot of people like them. If a lot of people like a band, even if you think it sucks, there has to be, there's some redemptive thing there somehow, right? Like, um, so yeah, I'm not thinking of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I think a lot of like a lot of stuff that my dad was trying to show me when I was a kid, like he was big on Jimi Hendrix. Um, he hated Bob Dylan. I know. I now absolutely love Bob Dylan. Um, 
So, and I'd love Hendrix, but you know, I didn't want to get into Hendrix at the time because he loved them so much. And I just wasn't interested in Dylan at the time, but now I love him. So like, I mean, I don't know, things hit you at a different time. So there, I've definitely had those experiences. I can't think of many off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's, it's not many that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I feel like I've always been pretty open to a lot of different type of music. Um, and in that kind of not in like some like oh I've always liked I've always had such a broad palette blah 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 no not like that <laughs> not about that but in that kind of like I never understood the like guilty pleasure <laughs> listening stuff like I was never ashamed of shit I liked sure so I never had that like repulsion to something where I was like oh this isn't what it's supposed to be um but that's another one okay that's another angle to think about um is was there a record by a band you already liked new record comes out and it's a change in sound that maybe took you by surprise. Maybe you didn't hate it, but then as you listen to it, it grew on you and it became a favorite. Uh, God, that's definitely happened off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. I, Not off the top I, I got, of my head. But... I, I got to think about it, but yeah, okay. I mean, you were definitely good about the, um, not having guilty pleasures. I was definitely hiding my saves the day and alkaline trio CDs, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, Man, yo, you like Alkaline Trio. I love Alkaline Trio. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I ne- never has clicked for me. We'll have we'll add them to the list. They're they're one worth doing at some point. Cool. Um, great question. Uh I appreciate that. Uh Dolphin Farts, hit us with what some of those albums are, because I'd love to know what some of the ones that you hated on first listen that became favorites, so I can think about how how that happened. Yeah. All right, what do we got? We got Larry Gargas. Larry. Um, shout out Larry. He wants to know our five favorite Black Sabbath songs. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Do you just have them on the dome? After Forever. Children of the Grave. Into the Void. Electric Funeral. And... Man, it's like, where do I want to go with this last spot? I, and I say all this, um, oh, tomorrow's dream. Because I think volume four might actually be my favorite Black Sabbath record until I look at Master's Reality and I'm like, oh, no, it's Master's Reality. (laughs) Those are my five. Well played. I just think Children of the Grave, that, that like riff, like, do you do you like metal? Do you like hard music? Then why don't you like this song? This should <laughs> It's like that song comes on and it just my brain does different stuff. Like all of a sudden it's like dun, dun, like I'm just in a different place. I feel you. Um the song Black Sabbath. Mm, great. Snowblind. Great. Uh, Hole in the Sky. Ooh, good pick. I'm going to go real weird and say Planet Caravan. <laughs> I was thinking about Planet Caravan. <laughs> Don't say Planet Caravan. I love that song. I love controlling that song so much. I wish it held up through the rest of the track, but yeah, it's a good song. I it's mean, not it's, my, it's not my top 10. It's in my top 20, though. 
Listen, it's not actually top five. I didn't have yeah. any time to prepare for this. So I'm going off the dome. I um, love that song. Changes almost made my list, but I'm yeah, like, I mean, that might on. be there too. It's a really good song. Uh, Larry, I want to know your five favorite Aussie solo record songs. And we got to ask him live. He can't. He, oh, no, yeah. no time oh, to shit. prepare. Okay. All right. All right. We got to hit him with it. I think he. I think he's going to be able to do that off the dome really quick. I think he will. Yeah. All right. Uh, he actually wrote us a second question. Yes. We'll just go right into that. All right. Uh, who has the most riffs? Not better guitarist, band, or songwriter. Just riffs. Iomi or Paige? Wow. Good question. I think Iomi. it's Paige, dude. You think it's Paige? Oh, wow. You said Iomi. Yeah, I said Iomi. I think just riffs. Oh, uh, man. Just riffs. I like Black Sabbath more. As and a I like Led Zeppelin more. Yeah. So I think we're being defer- deferential. All right. Let me think about this. Not a better guitarist. Not a better band or songwriter. Um, I mean, I they both know. have mad riffs, dude. They both have mad riffs, but but I think... I, I think Tony Iommi had better riffs. I think he had more riffs, whereas. But did he have more riffs? Oh, who has more? Who yeah, has maybe, the most maybe, riffs? Maybe, maybe Page. Maybe Jimmy Page has more. Um, like I, I wish there could just be a quantifiable because he said who has the most. Yeah. Like it should just be a number. <laughs> like how many riffs does he have? Like qual- right, exactly. like just like oh yes, he has this many riffs and this many yeah. songs. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, Paige um, had exactly you know fifty seven riffs. I think I'm sticking with Tony Iommi. That's fair. I mean, I can't even argue it. I just I know. Off the top of my head, I'm Steve trying Page to think. Does have, like, he has a lot. It's a great question. It's a great question. It's a '70s rock staple question. Um, yeah, Tony Iommi has more riffs. We'll just go with that. All right, good question. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at the discographies now. I mean, Sabbath had more records with riffs than yes. Led Zeppelin, and more tracks with riffs because Led Zeppelin had different stuff going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They go riffless by record six, you know? True. So, uh... Yeah, Sabbath still have riffs at, like, Mob Rules. Yes, exactly. So, just on a just on a um, numbers game, I think it's easy there. All right. <sighs> riffless we record. The code. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mikey Graylord asks, Clutch, yes or no? I don't think I've ever heard a Clutch song. And if I had, oh. I didn't know it was Clutch. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't put them on often. They're really good warehouse music. <laughs> I like never, that as a genre. And if you've never heard the <laughs> Choco Taco song, you really got to change that in your life. Is that on... Uh, is that the classic album, the one with the chocolate no, taco song? What record is that off of? <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me find it. Um, Clutch is such a weird uh, cultural like touchstone. Um, I just love that they're still playing. <laughs> I think they're not just playing. Um, it's from the song Big Fat Pig. Um 
which is <laughs> God, that's such a good song. Um, it's so ridiculous. Like it's one of my top five, like, Oh, it's on jam room. Yeah. That's a, that's one of the classic clutch records. I think jam room is a really good record. Actually. I think that's, that stands up. Big fat pig is completely insane. Um, I gotta listen to Big Fat Pig. I listen guess. Listen to Big Fat Pig. Jam room. Good <clears> record. <throat> Clutch. Yes. Pete. Undecided. Um, Cthulhu's vinyl hit us up, and he said, "Carrie King thinks Slayer quit too early." Did they? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Should they have quit much earlier? Yup. All right, here. Uh, give us your Slayer take, Pete. Um, I think. Listen, the last couple Slayer records were not bad; they were fine. Um, everything from God hates us all, Christ Illusion, World Pain of Blood, Repentless. I listened to all of them. I thought they were fine. They could have just kept going and making fine records, and touring and doing the whole thing and it would be fine, but like, yeah. All right. From what I've heard, um, uh, Tom Araya has wanted to quit since Dave Lombardo was in the band. So like, <laughs> I, I, I get the, I get the sense that like they were on borrowed time already. He was had the right idea. And, uh, yeah, if they had ended with like seasons in the abyss, they That's would be the like, one they should have ended with, they would be like one of the most untouchable bands in history. Yeah, my uh, my interest leaves with Dave Lombardo. That said, yeah, like Show No Mercy, Hell Awaits, Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, Season of the Abyss. And people people ride for Divine Intervention. It definitely has people tracks. People ride like, for Divine Intervention. People yeah. ride for God Hates Us All. Like that has dude, I I really liked that record at the time and I saw them on that tour and I was super mm-hmm. excited about it. I've listened to it since it has three songs. Uh, yeah i mean and they're great songs but 90s and 90s (laughs) to basically divine intervention of god hates us all um maybe even christ illusion Eh, no no divine intervention of god hates us all has a larger impact and influence than people are willing to really talk about like those records hugely influential on modern metal uh modern hardcore metalcore all that stuff um deathcore like i just think those records were so so fucking influential but my my interest is in the thrash metal like i, I just think fucking rain and blood is perfect um you could put any of those five records on and i'm more than happy to sit and listen to them i enjoy them rain and blood is the one that makes me feel like i'm going crazy so, um, so yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm not Jimmy Slayer, but that's, that's just where I'm at with that. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. I did that. Um, all right. Everyone bleeds asks, he's got three questions. <clears throat> Was shockwave the biggest gimmick band of all time? Do you want to answer that Pete? Do you want me to set the stage? What do you want to do? I think you should set the stage. Let the ambush begin. Um, Pete, do you know what that's a reference to? No. It's a band you like, but I don't. Okay. 
E-Town Concrete, bro. Oh, damn. Um, Shockwave is a 90s hardcore band from Erie, Pennsylvania, um, who were Transformers-themed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Hence the name Shockwave. I mean, maybe they're Decepticon-themed. I don't know. Uh, Is it Autobots? (laughs) Is it Decepticons? I'm not sure. Um, Is there an Autobot band? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's they're, they're they're from the opposite corner of the state. Who knows? They're from uh, Upper Darby. Um, were they the biggest gimmick band of all time? <sighs> they're a hardcore band. Um, no asterisk. Uh, no, but if it wasn't for their gimmick, I don't think anyone would know who they are. How do you feel about that, Pete? I mean that makes sense to me. I wouldn't the biggest biggest gimmick band of all time be someone like Guar or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and and that's like they were big, and their gimmick was like ostensibly everything you need to know about the band. Um, yeah. Do they have tracks though? That's what we're interested in. Shockwave? Nah. Some people will tell you they do. There's there's some fans. So. um We'll, we'll we'll cursory listen to that at some point. I, I have friends who are fans. I think they just low key wish they were Optimus Prime. So what am I supposed to do with that? You know. Um, and I shout mean, out to Guar. I heard that the uh, original, the bass player who is now the singer who replaced the the, the original singer who passed, R.I.P. Um, is not just a good guy, but a fun, nice guy. So shout out to that dude. I actually have tickets to see them in a few weeks. Really. Yeah, because they're playing with Napalm Death and uh, I Hate God. That's a cool show. Who's pretty, headlining that? Pretty cool. Is Guar, Guar headlining? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, I've seen Guar once, but you got to see Guar at one point in your life. I saw like, Guar like I, 98, maybe 99, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they have like a few tracks, maybe. I don't know. But like, they're hmm. fun. I agree. They are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The track part, I'm not sure about. Um, I'm, okay. I'm, the, I'm, I'm questioning it. You know, yeah, I know. As I'm, you as didn't I'm sound like it. you were saying it resolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone bleeds. Also asks favorite gas station beverage or snacks. Um, combos. Combos. Uh, Reese's sticks. Giant size Kit Kat. Fountain soda. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Fountain soda. Yeah, I'll go for iced coffee, bad. depending on oh, how I'm feeling. Iced coffee for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, depend if I'm feeling frisky. I haven't done it in a long time, but when I was young, I really liked buttered rolls, and that's such a Northeast thing. <laughs> it's like it's like almost exclusively New York, New Jersey. Like I think when you cross the Delaware, it stops being a thing. Um, so shout out to buttered rolls. Shout out buttered rolls. And um, uh, if I'm at a, if I'm at a Wawa, I'll get a shorty. Oh, yo, I haven't had a shorty in a while, but I've been thinking about them. I mean, they're good. They're solid. I, they are. They're they're totally fine. I used to eat just cheese shorties because I was so broke. Yeah, and they were like basically f- they weren't free, but they were pretty close, and you could load them up with all the sides, so to be like this giant pallet of vegetables and cheese. And it was like <laughs> half the cost of getting some Turkey on there. It was fun. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're better than you expect them to be. And they're not as good as you want them to be. 
dead on. Good job. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Shout out Wawa and Shorties. We need a sponsorship. Um, yeah, please. Final question from Everyone Bleeds. Has Pete listened to or have thoughts on the band Narrowhead? That's a good question. I feel honored that I'm singled out in this question. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I have recently had someone recommend them to me, but I have not listened to them yet. They opened for Quicksand at that show in Asbury. Oh, so I saw the last few songs of theirs. Um, yeah. They sounded good. Yeah, I, um, I, I really like them on record. I was impressed with them live. Um, it's interesting because their music's dynamic. And it just, um, once they get in front of a crowd who has that energy and is excited, is there to see them, I'm, I'm excited to see what that would be like. Cool band. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Check out the newest record. I, I think that's probably their best stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, two quick ones, more more or less just requests. Um, Mouth of Infinity says, Psychic TV episode, when? And then Julian uh, underscore CHH yeah. says, an episode about the National soon? Oh, okay. So, Psychic TV, I've actually always wanted to deep dive them, and I never have. Um so I'm happy to do a psychic TV episode and the national. I've never heard a national song that I'm aware of, but I feel like I should. Oh, I'm, just I'm to, actually just surprised. to be aware yeah, of it. I think the national, uh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. We should do both those. Cool. Uh, put them on the list. Great suggestions. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Lastly, uh, we got a, an email from good old Dave Martin. Not lastly, but second to lastly. Second to lastly. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. 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 My bad. Shout out to Dave. Uh, Sends us the best emails. Truly appreciate his emails. A plus emailer. Um, Guys, step it up in the email department. Um, So I'm going to read sections of this. Yes. So this is in response to our Boston episode, which we got a lot of feedback on. Yes. And Um, I got a lot of personal feedback. So I want to, I'll share that as we go through too. Yes. I'm glad. Um, so he said this week's episode was kind of surreal to say the least. said, I realized that I'm probably a lot older than most folks who listen to your podcast. Um, being the age that I am, it's hard to think of this record as anything other than dreck that I hope to never have to encounter again. Once I was old enough to leave classic rock radio behind as my main <laughs> source of music. Still, the amount of times I have endured these songs are surely in the hundreds. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Dave, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Most of the reasons why they suck so much are covered in the episode, even if you don't call them out as indications of what a shitty band they are. It's pretty he good. He said, the dude applied some MIT bullshit to what is supposed to be a physical and emotional art form and he hated performing live. The whole record is devoid of action. Have you ever heard of anyone talking about Boston being an amazing live band? Do you no. think they ever jammed in the basement? No chance. I believe Having the first seen- show was at MSG, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> is that wild? That's insane. It's insane. Having said all of that, I enjoyed your take, and it's interesting to think of kids who may have never heard of this record before uh, and to at least think of it in those terms, would I have such hate for it? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
So, and he also said, just to clarify, jamming in the basement is not the same as recording in the basement. I imagine dude's basement as a fully furnished immaculate space, not a grungy basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, thank you so much for the email. I, I, um, I was, so first I enjoy the record. I enjoy the, the, the hits of it are hits on hits to me. I had friends uh, who saw the rating and were like, you only gave this three stars out of five? I love this record. Ah! So I actually don't disagree with anything he said. There really is a stiffness and kind of an arm's length nature to the record that you can feel. You can absolutely feel that there's like a little bit of this was created in a lab, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And you can kind of get that sense. It's like, oh, if you clone the sheep, can the sh- is the sheep still capable of loving I- its parents? Well, no, it's, it doesn't have parents, so it's you know devoid of that. So I can feel that on this record a little bit. Um, also, have no idea what the live performances are like. Um, I mean, you nobody's ever said like Boston great live band. So I mean, he's got a dead point. straight, dead straight. Uh, so I'm very curious about that. that's amazing. And uh, we also some, had sorry, yeah. real quick, just just because it's off this point. Yes, Je- uh, good friend Jeff TDT. Yes, um, also mentioned on Instagram, just saying like best basement recording ever. <laughs> he, Which, has, he has the immaculate basement you're right i thought i thought it was hilarious and uh jeff also had <laughs> sent me privately he sent me there's an article about um about this record specifically uh i believe the song more than a feeling um from ultimateclassicrock.com did smells like teen spirit rip off more than a feeling so uh, people should go check that out. Additionally, um, damn, I have one other funny friend comment on this. Hold on. A uh, friend of the pod, Dave, sent us, not not Dave Ackerman. Um, the cover, which is spaceships, when you flip the record over, they become guitars. If you look at the <laughs> image upside down. Really? Yeah. Um, and I've never confirmed this, but someone once told me that the city in the bubble was the city of Boston being flown away from an exploding earth by the guitar spaceships. <laughs> it always looked like too big of a skyline to be Boston, but now I like to hope it's true. <laughs> My 70s heavy rock prog burnout uncle showing me how to turn the sleeve upside down in the late 70s is a defining rock moment in my brain to this day. <laughs> Dave, shout out. Thank you. That was See, that, that makes me like day. it more. I agree strongly. <laughs> um, so great feedback on that. Thank you. We really love when people hit us with the feedback about the record. So shout out. We did do one last thing on socials. So Pete, give us give us the jam. Well, by the way, I didn't think anyone would care about the Boston episode. So I'm glad that it at least sparked some conversation. Oh, yo, I was getting blown up. People thought I was being so hard on it. I'm like, yo, I I like it. It's just like. <laughs> I guarantee you don't listen to the B side of that record. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so the last last question, we did a poll. Uh, we've been talking about doing a Dinosaur Jr. episode. Um, and when we were talking about it, it was really just the idea that, like, do they have 
a classic fate like they obviously have a classic record but do they have a kind of fan favorite like record a consensus, because right yeah because everybody that i've talked to has a different a, fa- a, a different favorite dinosaur junior album so we put it out on the instagram uh you guys let us know what your favorite record was and i did the tally hang on, hang on. i want to hear what did you have your favorite by the way no i didn't Before put that out there this. okay okay and we were talking all of the records total yeah just favorite dinosaur junior okay, record okay okay so um i have the percentages if we want to give those out do you want to give out percentages sure 27 percent of people who voted voted for you're living all over me yep okay the next closest at nine well 20 percent we'll call it uh, where you been? So right that's on. A, that's a that's a shocker for me. Really? Yeah, just because I didn't I didn't know that that one held a candle in people's minds to the other records. Where you been is like I go back and forth with that being my favorite, but I always felt like a weirdo for thinking that. No, I think start chopping. I mean, start chopping and out there are two of their bigger tracks i think that's true you know yeah. like um but it's a really dark album like it's a, lot a really of it dark is, album a lot of it is like not super fun so i didn't know i don't know yeah um and then bug was right behind that at 17 percent, and that one is usually my go-to um and then we got some votes for green mind and then beyond and farm both got votes so um, i was shocked that farm got even any votes because there are a lot of records that did not get a vote. Even give a glimpse, got like a few votes. Yeah. It's the same with, yeah, without a sound, got some votes. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, so what's the one that didn't get any votes that I'm sort of surprised by? Um, hand it over. Um, so green mind got good votes. Okay. That's good. Dinosaur didn't get any votes. Dinosaur didn't, but that tracks to me, right? Like we've both talked about that a little bit. Like that's nobody's favorite. Nobody's favorite. So, um, that was a fun activity. So maybe we'll do some more voting stuff. I think it's kind of cool to see where people fall. Um, but I guess we're talking about you're living all over me. Sounds like that's the one we're going to do. Cool. Everybody, thank you. Thank you for chilling with us, having a nice relax. Uh, let me see. I'm going to try to think of a good question for you, Pete. Um, okay, here we go. It's entering the fall. We're starting to cool down. Do your eating habits change in the fall? Like, does more the f- su- food more you soup, eat change? More, more warm soup. food. Yo, I have been excited for soup season. Yeah, I have too. Like maybe maybe bought some soups the other day and like was like maybe could have just bought one can of soup but bought five. There and, you go. And Amanda looked at me and was like, "We got five, huh?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's supposed to be cool." And then it like it unexpectedly warmed up that day and I'm like, "Damn it, it's like 82 degrees. I can't have soup for dinner tonight." So, all right. Um, soup, how about Now here's a question. I know you like ice cream. I do. Do you eat less ice cream once it gets cold? Uh, I think I do. Yeah, I yeah. Because I'm not. Go- I'm not going out for it. You know, it's fun to go out for ice cream when it's warm out. Mm. 
but I don't think I replace it with any other sweets. Dude, I'm like, I'm so slow with sweets, so I still have Girl Scout cookies that I bought like six months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what like, kind of Girl Scout cookies are they? I mean, at this point, I think I got a box of Thin Mints and a box of uh, Samoas. Man, I might need to buy those Samoas off you. But I like, I hide them in the freezer. Okay. Yeah. Because I like intentionally don't want to kind of know about them. And then it's like a winter surprise. <laughs> I like Cut to it. surprise myself. Winter surprise. I'm all in. <laughs> Thin mint winter surprise, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.